Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning, Atlanta, and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business leaders from Atlanta and the surrounding communities. Silver Lining in the Cloud is sponsored by CDI Managed Services, where we provide outsourced IT integrated solutions, infrastructure monitoring, automated uh, cloud backup, and uh, help desk support, as well as uh, data center hosting. I'm Dominic Rainey, and I'll be hosting today's show. We have a couple of great business leaders with us this morning in the studio to give us insight into their companies as well as a little bit about themselves. And uh, first, we'll be talking with Don Nicholson, who is the president and CEO of DECRA of North America, out in, I guess, headquartered in Marietta. Yeah, we're in Marietta. Excellent, Don. And then uh, we'll also be talking with Norman Bignall. Norman, uh, he's the owner of Underground Martial Arts and Fitness. And uh, so we've got a couple of great... um, experts here with us to talk about their respective companies in business today and uh thank you both for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us thank you it's great to have you here this morning thank you for having us yeah you bet so uh, let's let's kick things off with don um don why don't you tell us a little bit about decra north america uh is headquartered in in marietta well for north america yes yeah we are in uh, marietta uh, but globally, we're headquartered out of Stuttgart, Germany, where we're just celebrating now in 2016 our 91st year in uh, business. So That's a lot of business. Yeah, the company was originally founded in Berlin, Germany, uh, 91 years ago with the foundation of providing safety uh, for people, mainly um, in the, in the road systems of Germany at the time. So German cars uh, getting safety inspections and things like that? Yeah, trucking and cars and all of that, because if you could imagine 91 years ago, the automotive uh, industry was kind of kicking off and, and going. And so uh, now all we had all we had all these cars and trucks on the road. And what do we do with them to make sure that uh, we keep everybody safe? Yeah, it's really interesting that it began over there and it's uh, had such great uh, expansion globally. Yeah, absolutely. We're now in 50 countries. Uh, we have over uh, 37,000 employees. And so, uh, and you know, we're uh, focused uh, not only on automotive safety now, but also safety at work. So we do a lot of workplace safety and then uh, also safety at home. Uh, we test a lot of the products that you're using every day in your, in your home. So uh, it's a great company with a great mission, um, you know, being able to work every day uh, to ensure people are safe on the roads and at work and at home is something that not everybody gets to do. And I'm just so proud to work for the company. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Don, I, I you know, I, I know the name I've used your services here for emission control here in the Atlanta area. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so you guys are all over the place. Thanks for being a customer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's good to know. I mean, it's really good to know that your cars, you know, in, in that, in a good state for the, especially there's such a concern about environmental issues today. Um, Probably in some states more than, than, than others. But. Well, Atlanta, you know, uh, frankly, has done quite a bit, the city of Atlanta and Georgia in total, to minimize the amount of pollution that we have to breathe in, you know, every day. And so uh, that getting that your car tested for emissions does a lot for, you know, uh, the people of Georgia and the people of Atlanta to make sure that uh, the air that we're breathing is about as clean as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And the emissions program uh, that they have uh, here in uh, the Atlanta area uh, is managed by the Georgia Clean Air Force. And it's not only a, a, a program that uh, tests cars, but it's a program that, uh, you know, uh, monitors and looks at emissions from uh, manufacturing facilities and, and any way to minimize 
that type of pollution going into the air. Mm-hmm. Well, Don, is it, um, how does high, you know, with the push on hybrids and electric cars and all that, how does that impact, how's that impacted uh, today? Uh, do they require specific testing, a little different kinds of testing or what? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we've been involved with testing cars for over 91 years. And uh, now there's a whole new evolution, uh, maybe even some say a revolution in the car industry where, you know, we're using all kinds of different types of fuel sources uh, to be able to power cars, which uh, can indeed make them cleaner. Mm-hmm. We even have driverless cars now. We were talking a little bit before the show. I mean, it's coming. It's coming. Oh, you're saying it's here. It's here. Google, Google does have cars that they're using on a, on a campus environment and a test environment. Uh, and as I said earlier, I think. You know, we'll probably see them first in uh, commercial uh, use, um, driverless okay. trucks, whatever the case may be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's coming. It's here. It's, you know, the future is, uh, I guess, limitless in terms of, you know, where we can take this, you know, technology. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's moving fast right now. <laughs> it is. So let's talk a little bit about um, DECRA. North America and uh, some of the other things that you guys do related to uh, business, you know, process or business in, in general, how you help businesses. Well, uh, in industry, we, we help companies focus in on both organizational and process safety. Uh, so if your company uh, is looking for uh, a consultant to come in and help them understand how to make their business and their day to day operations Uh, safe for their employees. We really focus in on those particular kinds of areas. And then also overall for process safety, where you have a manufacturing process that might be rather dangerous. It's got explosive uh, chemicals, whatever the case may be, that are used in the the manufacturing of a product. We come in and we look at that and help you uh, reduce the amount of you know, uh, troubles you could have uh, Mm -hmm. with a with an unsafe manufacturing process. So Everything from uh, ensuring that your workforce is safe and that your manufacturing is safe is what we do every day. And then also we are an ISO registrar. So if your company needs ISO 9000, uh, 14000, 50001, whatever is out there, uh, we can offer you that service. So we come and ensure the quality uh, that your company, the quality systems that your company is using uh, meet those particular standards. Oh, yeah. Well, that speaks volumes in terms of, you know, what you guys are offering that way. I mean, it's uh, that's huge, ISO. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, every manufacturing has to deal with it. Yeah, it's it's a manufacturer's ticket to do business. I think yeah. you know if you're going to sell products to any of the major retailers or uh, even within the business world, B two B selling products to each other. I mean, most companies are looking for in their purchasing standards ISO registered nine thousand companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don Nicholson, he's the uh, president and CEO of Decra North America, right here in Marietta, Georgia. And uh, you know, Don, is it? Uh, is, I mean, when you think about the you know the vastness of what you guys do and, and, and the focus of what you do in terms of safety and all that it's uh, is there certain certifications that are required to to accomplish those uh, those services absolutely and that's a great question decra has numerous numerous accreditations that we have to keep up to date each and every year i always uh, you know i whenever I ask this question or talking to people about it almost on any given day of the year somewhere globally in one of DECRA's facilities, we have an auditor who's inspecting us and auditing us to make sure that we can provide the services that we do. So I, I venture to say we have over, you know, maybe two to 300 different accreditations that show that we could actually uh, do the things uh, correctly that we say we do. Okay. And uh, I guess you're addressing some of the things uh, related to teen driving in terms of safety. Is there a report or some kind of uh, We just published, program? yeah, we just published our first road safety report here in North America, and it's focused on teen driving. 
it's uh, it's a, a topic that is of special interest to myself and to Decra. Uh, teens are really uh, right now very vulnerable on the road for yeah. And you just held up your cell phone, showing me the reason why, and and I'm going to show up mine mine too. But there's some other reasons too. There's a three key reasons. We had two key reasons before our cell phones, but the first two uh, reasons are always they have the least amount of experience, right? They're, they 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 don't have as much experience as others while they're out there driving, so they're just learning. And then secondly, they don't always typically drive the safest cars. I mean, they can't afford always to have uh, the most up-to-date cars with the most safety features. In fact, uh, you know, my first car I think I bought for four hundred dollars, um, and it just barely got around the streets. But somehow <laughs> I had, to, I had to push start my first car. Get my buddies to push me. <laughs> exactly. Pop the clutch. I think about how dangerous that car was at the time, and and and. and no, unknowingly i just you know hey i had a car i could i could drive but then now you add this third dynamic in which are these uh, the mobile phones and the cell phones that kids are using today that everybody's using today that really that they shouldn't be using in a car at decra we have a phrase uh, don't text don't talk just drive um and we're seeing accidents that are uh, on the rise now um due to uh, uh teenagers and and adults for that matter that are texting or talking on the phone and not paying attention to what they should do on the road. So this report explains uh, all of the details around this, and uh, you can gladly get a copy of this report by going to www.decra-na.com. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Don Nicholson. Uh, we have Decra North America, President CEO here on Silver Lining in the Cloud, and uh, we're so glad to have you here, Don. It's, um, it's, it's good information, and... Um, you know, a lot of businesses really uh, should be contacting you guys because uh, there's a lot going on in terms of uh, requirements, certifications, you know, business process and all that stuff. So I'm sure, um, you know, it's endless for you guys. You know, a lot of growth, continuing to growth in the company. Yeah, we're, we're, we're actually uh, setting records each and every year for the, I've been with Decra now for three years. And each year that uh, I've been here, uh, the company overall, Overall, globally, I oversee North America, but globally has grown, grown dramatically and set records each and every year. So, you know, the business of safety is good. It's it's good business, and uh, it's not every day that uh, you get to work to f- uh, for a company like Decra that uh, you're involved with a mission of keeping people safe, alive, healthy, uninjured, you know, and uh, it's kind of a nice feeling uh, at the end of the day or the end of the night when you put your head in the pillow to know that you, you had an influence on all those good things. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah a lot of opportunity for young Young people looking for work? We're hiring every day. Uh, so uh, especially here in the uh, Atlanta area and all over the country, we have 14 offices around North America. And then the emission stations that uh, uh, thank you for We're coming. We're so familiar with. Yeah. yeah. Here in uh, the Georgia area, we have over 30 of those uh, in this uh, this area here. So, And we're always hiring for our stations, too. We're always looking for uh, bright new talent and always looking for uh, existing uh, Experienced talent, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, three years, president, CEO. Uh, how does that happen? That's uh, that's remarkable. Your background must uh, must lend itself to uh, something, uh, you know, really warranted to that. Uh, well, I had similar positions in the past before uh, I came over oh, to okay. Decra. So, yeah, okay. gotcha. But I've been in the industry, testing, inspection, certification industry for I, I don't even like to say it anymore because it just sounds like such a big number. But I've been in the industry now for over thirty years. So, uh, <laughs> well, you, you must have something to 
some secret sauce to do with uh, you know leadership and how you uh, how you de- deal with uh, managing people in organizations of, of this size and magnitude. Uh, is there a particular uh, phrase or mantra or something that you guys uh, have over there at Decra? Yeah, thank you for asking me this question. Throughout my career. Uh, over these long 30 years, I've been able to make a lot of mistakes and uh, learn, uh, you know, a lot of lessons on on leadership. And uh, uh, I've really found that uh, it comes down to four key values, and I call them my pillars of leadership. The first one is education. And what I mean by education, I'm not talking about Harvard or Yale. I'm talking about a company uh, working together in a team environment and, and, and the employees educating each other on best pra- practices. Um, how to avoid pitfalls, how to avoid mistakes. Um, so education is very important that you have a lot of continuity uh, between the people that are working at the company on the team that are talking together and continually educating each other uh, how to do better. Uh, the next one is motivation, and I feel this is critically important uh, for a leader. So you have to provide uh, uh, you know, opportunity for uh, education, but you also have to stand behind your people constantly, much like a coach, much like a cheerleader, and provide the motivation for them to get up and do their jobs every day. Uh, The third uh, pillar of leadership I really believe in is communication. If any of uh, the people that I work with are listening now, um, I'm a big fan of formal, organized communication. I am that guy that likes the meetings. I like to get people together. I like to get people face to face to talk about things and, and make, you know, make things happen. Not a big fan of email, uh, not a big fan mm-hmm. of texting. Mm-hmm. I think we're killing ourselves in business today. Uh, a lot of times I'll get involved into an issue or maybe a customer problem or something like that. And I'll go back through and I'll, you know, all right, everybody tell me what happened and I'll get this, you know, string 35 deep string of emails going back and forth, uh, between employees, you know, who are trying to do the right thing, but it just isn't working. And, and it's unfortunate, but sometimes these people work in the same office. Yeah. They could just yeah. get up and walk down. So I really believe in, in organized and, and formal communication in the old school way, face to face. And then uh, last but not least, and, and probably uh, one that I feel is very important, along with the other four, is celebration. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know, taking the time to acknowledge when something good happens and really sharing that with the people and and making sure everybody understands that we just, hey, we just had a win. We just did something really good. You always find out when something bad goes wrong, but we don't take enough time, I think, in business to really celebrate our victories and and uh, make sure the whole team uh, knows uh, the good things that are happening. So it's education, motivation, communication, and celebration. Wow, that that's a lot. That's a lot. And that's really, I mean, look me in the eye when you're talking, right? (laughs) And you can't communicate those feelings through email. I mean, it's really hard to, unless you're some. It's killing business today. And now we're even getting worse. We're moving from email now over to Texas, you know, and it's just. Abbreviated communication. It's uh, in emojis now. We're going back to what cavemen used to do and (laughs) talk by pictures. I guess everything runs its course, you know. It does. And it does. Uh, you know, uh, they're starting to police this thing left and right, you know, driving. People, you know, abuse, I guess, those privileges if they're given enough time and uh and enough rope and latitude. Uh Don, that's great information. Those are those are great leadership go uh, uh um you know, areas to to focus on for the company and I do uh, I do hope some of your people are listening. because uh, I'm sure they've heard it before but you can't hear it enough, you know. Um so what do you look for when you're hiring people? I hear all the time, you know, there's people don't want to work. There's, uh, you know, you know, I can't find good help. You know, what, what is it? What's going on? Attributes. I'm a real uh, attribute uh, type uh, 
uh, that's what I look for when I go to hire people. Skill sets are great. You got to have them. So, you know, we, we typically look for people who have the appropriate skill sets that we're looking for. But at the end of the day, when I get involved in making a decision on, you know, who we're going to hire, I'm really looking for attributes. Are they going to fit the culture of our organization? Are they going to be able to improve what it is that we do every day? Are they going to be able to improve what I do every day? Uh, so we're always looking for people that are have the same types of attributes that the, the culture of our company mm-hmm. has. In fact, if I have to make a decision between skill sets and attributes, I can always teach the skills. If I have somebody with the right attributes, I'd rather take the person with the right attributes. There's been times where we've been interviewing for a particular job and we had two really great candidates, one who had all the great skill sets, but really maybe didn't really just fit in with our organization, at least through the interview process, we felt that way. And then we had somebody, another candidate, where uh, maybe the skill sets weren't just right, but the attributes were perfect fit. And, mm-hmm. and we typically uh, go with the, the attributes. Yeah, and you can't hire people through email, right? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> there again, if you meet them in person, you can really get and feel that, you know, those attributes and uh, you can see it, you know? Absolutely. It's uh, very important. Absolutely. So how, how does how does that translate into uh, leadership roles, frontline, top, top level, C-level uh, leadership in your company? Well, I think it's, you know, in my role, the most important thing is to assemble the right team. And so uh, anybody that's, um, you know, responsible for leading a large organization, um, it's all about the people. It is all about the people that you hire. And so, again, going back to the attributes, you need people that fit into the culture of your organization. And uh, I, too, uh, you know, get the chance to hire high level people within our organization. And um, I, I don't even like the word high level, but. Our leaders in our organization uh, practice servant-based leadership. That's that's what I believe in. I mean, if you're an executive with DECRA in North America, you are there to serve the organization, all the people within it, and our customers. That's your job. Mm-hmm. We don't sit behind desks. We don't point our fingers and tell people what to do. We get highly engaged and highly involved. And that's part of the attributes that we're looking for. So uh, servant-based leadership is what we practice, and uh, I'm a true believer in it. Okay. That's just, I am too. That's good. Good gospel, man. It's good to hear that. Uh, well, you've obviously doing something right there at DECRA and uh, we're glad to have you here and uh, we appreciate all you guys are doing. Don Nicholson over at DECRA North America, president and CEO right here on Silver Lining in the Cloud. And uh, so tell our listeners how they can reach out to your company either for to look for employment or just to get more information about the great things you guys are doing at DECRA in terms of safety and, um, you know, anything that has to do with regulation and things like that for businesses. Sure. They want to go to uh, www.decra-na, which is abbreviated for North com. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Don, thank you so much. We appreciate Great. it. Thank you. You've, you've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud brought to you by CDI Managed Services and, um, it's just a great morning here on uh, Silver Lining in the Cloud. Our next guest, Norman Bignall, he is the underground martial arts fitness owner, and uh, I would guess probably main senior, let's call it senior <laughs> instructor, uh, with a lot of experience. Um, Norman, tell our listeners how the company works and how you got it started and what took you into martial arts. Well, it's not fair for me to follow that. Uh, <laughs> going after Decker is not exactly good, but um, I'll give it a shot. Uh, Underground Martial Arts and Fitness is a family-run business and got started. Interesting story on this one. I came to Georgia in 2006. I'm a transplant from Florida, like all of us, right? Yeah. 
and uh, came up here after the hurricanes, series of hurricanes, and I just I just couldn't handle that anymore. The wife and I decided it was time to make a change. So uh, we scouted out Atlanta. We had a friend that lived here, and it was gorgeous. We loved it. Yeah. Very family-friendly, so we decided to make the trip. Um, I worked in retail at that time. I've been in retail for about 30 years. And I was, I had private students at the time, but you know, it was nothing commercial. Mm -hmm. And I met this one particular person, a guy I worked with at my job, and uh, he was my boss actually. He's, his family wanted to train. They wanted to do some martial arts. And I decided, you know, as a goof, why not? Just to stay fresh. Mm -hmm. And this started in his basement in Brazelton. And he had an unfinished basement and it was pretty sizable square footage. So we started training there. And it started out with one guy, turn into two, turn into 30 after a while. It was to the point where it became like a fire hazard. <laughs> had to get these people out of there. So within about three years time, I had to get a brick and mortar. And it started out, that's exactly how it started. It started in the basement in somebody's house and uh, turned into uh, like an actual business. So yeah. <laughs> very funny story. <laughs> Decker would have you uh, help you locate the exit side. Right? Well, you know, that that's the thing. It, it, it wasn't something that I went into intentionally. It was an unintentional side effect of passion, yeah. basically. I mean, yeah. I, th I think that's the business. That's my that's my modus operandi in my business. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's passionate. It's passion based. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I've learned to never underestimate an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what business you're in. I mean, you could be, uh, you know, sweeping something with a broom and all of a sudden you invent a better broom. And uh, next thing you know, you're making more money than anybody else in the world. And I think it wasn't, I didn't exactly start out trying to be an entrepreneur. I just liked what I did. There you go. And there's that, that old adage that if you find something that you're passionate about and you do that, you will never work a day in your life. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I, I think is very true. Well, Norman, you look pretty casual to me. You've got the professional uh, wrap, the garb on. What do you call that thing? It's, well, it's not a smock. What no, is it? It's, it's, it's what I call my very expensive pajamas. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, this is my work attire, and it's called the gi or the kimono, if uh -huh. you're Japanese. Okay. But uh, it's, it's what we use to train in, and this is typical for what you would expect to wear. I mean, I, I, I have some patches and I have some colors on, mm -hmm. but, but it's nothing crazy. This is, this, is, this is my suit and tie every day. Okay. So it's the patches that, that are important. I mean, the, 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 the wrap is cool. No, the, the, wrap, is, the wrap is nice, yeah. but uh, the patches is what represents what art we, we actually train. Yeah. And I, 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 I trained Kempo Karate, which is an American-based system, believe mm -hmm. it or not, mm -hmm. formed from Ed Parker, which is a gentleman you guys should all know. Why? Because he's Elvis Presley's biggest fanboy. Well, he was before he died. Yeah, I saw that on your uh, on your website. Yeah, and who does not know Elvis Presley, right? Yeah, right. So that's right. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He was a yeah, he was a black belt or something. Oh, under me, under, underneath Mr. Parker, and he made sure that he showed all that on all his movies. Oh, he's well, always doing yeah, his yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did yeah, the, yeah. the famous move. Right? Yes, yes. I, I hurt myself one time trying I, to do that. So so did I. Yeah. Then you had uh, Mr. Parker who taught uh, <laughs> the likes of Steve McQueen. You guys are too, you go, maybe Steven. I'm talking over oh, your heads because I'm, right too, to me I'm, too, I'm too old for this you're one. Talking, but bullet, yeah, bullet. Bullet, absolutely. Yeah, Steve now. McQueen, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He taught everybody in Hollywood. He's mm. the one that introduced Bruce Lee to the powers that be that got him to roll in the Green Hornet. So you got the pedigree. I mean, you're in line. Well, it's not, right. it's not my pedigree. It's well, his pedigree, yeah, but, but I just it, happened to bought, bought into okay. it. So. All right. That's excellent. I mean, so, you know, it's a, it's a competitive business it is uh i mean you go in any strip mall you're gonna see you know some something to do with some kind of fitness 
program or health something. Absolutely. So absolutely. what makes you guys different over there at uh, Underground Martial Arts and uh, Fitness? That's a good question. Uh, what makes us different from the competition, and we have many, and Atlanta is a vast market, and it's an untapped resource, which yeah. is very good. Right. Uh, we are different because we are not a Korean-based style, whereas in Atlanta, we have a lot of Korean immigrants, and they are very fluent in the area, and Taekwondo is their main art, kind of like our baseball. So we have a homegrown American system that is completely different from the Korean-based system. Okay. And that's what makes it so different. We specialize in self-defense. We are not tournament-based. So everything that we do is, is emphasizing street safety, street effectiveness, basically getting home. Going home, make sure I get home at night. So that's our, our forte. Okay. Uh, so, I mean... Does that build a lot of confidence or, I mean, overconfidence or, I mean, this, uh, you know, that's a touchy area there in terms of what you can accomplish for somebody to defend themselves. I, it is I true. It is true. Um, I wouldn't say overconfidence. I would say just the right amount of confidence to, uh -huh. to, to understand the situation that you're in. We live in dangerous times. I uh -huh. mean, this is, this is not well, a, we a never great know. time. You now never know. Never, today, we've seen a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the rise of bullying in schools in the last, uh -huh. I would say the last 10 to 15 years, yeah. it is very important for our children to be able to defend themselves fully and not just use their martial arts for tournaments. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great thing to do. Mm -hmm. But my particular passion is making sure that women and children are empowered and are uh, uh, equipped to handle current affairs. Okay. So, All right. so here's a chance to uh, give our listeners a, a you know an opportunity to learn about all of the things that you guys offer. What what are all the services uh, offered there by uh, Underground and Martial Arts? Well, we like to think we have a little bit of something for everyone. Um, we we start at age four and we go up till I've had this old as 70 years old train with me. We offer our basic children's programs, which is karate and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, mm -hmm. which is our ground fighting program. We have ball Pilates, which is a really interesting program, similar to a little bit like yoga, but you shouldn't eat sushi before you take the class, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you shouldn't, ask me, in fact, you shouldn't eat about an hour before you get there. But we have ball Pilates and that's, anybody can do that. Ball Pilates, yes, that's sir. interesting. So is that the one where I see people rolling around uh, on, the, um, on the ball? Well, I, well, you know, I wouldn't call it rolling. It's, it's more, it's more struck. No, nobody falls asleep in our ball Pilates <laughs> program. Now this is an exciting class. Okay. Uh, we also offer um, boxing, but it's more street-based boxing, uh, the kind of stuff that you would do in Miami ah. versus Golden Gloves. Okay. So it's it's more street-oriented. We have that for um, a lot of adults. Kicking, a lot of kicking. Uh, a lot of dirty kicking? stuff. A lot oh. of dirty. A lot of dirty boxing. Oh. Uh, you know, grinding on people's throats, eyes. It's it's not meant for Golden Gloves fighting. Okay. All right. We have cardio kickboxing for ladies. Real fun stuff. Hitting some bags lightly. We have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, submission grappling, which is the Gracie system. That mm -hmm. came from Brazil to America, mm -hmm. so we we do a lot of that as well. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, jiu yes, is sir. That where, uh, <laughs> where it started? No, actually, jiu-jitsu started in Japan, Japan, but it came to Brazil in the early in the early 1900s. Okay, and that particular family, the Gracie family, they they restructured it and made it into a, a very very interesting art in terms of ground fighting, ground defense, and it was popularized back in the 90s with the um the UFC when the UFC first started. And you had Hoist Gracie come out and, you know, showcased his, his ground fighting tactics. So that's where that, that art comes from. We do that as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you're certainly excited about what you do <laughs> and you look like you're pretty fit. What can you do for Don and I if we come in? I mean, how long is it going to take us to, uh, you know, 
be able to protect ourselves. So well, that's that's a good Don, question. Oh, oh, here he comes. I, oh, I, don't, no. I don't know. If there's, I don't know if there is enough time to do that, but <laughs> well, you you grew up in New York. You can probably handle yourself pretty well. Well, that's that's a very good <laughs> Those question. Those days are over. Days Our are brain over. tells us we can still still do that, but right, the, the body right. doesn't perform. Right. Well, well, interestingly enough, that's a very good question. I'm glad you asked that. Um, because we are the way we train our clients, you are ready. The, after my first class with you, you should be fully prepared to deal with an encounter then. Uh, similar to what the Krav Maga artists do, it's the mm -hmm. same thing that we do. Mm -hmm. So if you come into, in, into one of our programs and you would say, Norman, what can you do for me? I would, I would assess the situation. I would look, I would look at your condition, any pre-existing conditions, if you have any health-related problems, and I would, I would design the program, the program around you. That's a logical approach. It, well, you it has can't to be do something different. your body won't let you do. I'm, Precisely. I'm, I'm afraid you'll do all that to me, and then you'll say, okay, Don, you need to sit down. <laughs> Not, no. When, that's oh, what your, your exercise program is going to center around sitting down. No, well, you know, so, actually, I do have something. On the ball. Funny on that the you ball. say that, on the ball. But uh, my program is designed to help anybody come in and be effective the minute they leave my studio. Uh -huh. So whether you're working with firearms, whether you're working with knives, whether you're working with just your bare hands, right. we are prepared to train you to be able to do what you need to do to go home that day. So would I purchase a series of, uh, you know, a program or how, how would that work if I want? Well, not anymore? necessarily. You could if you wanted to, but our, our we have programs that- try it? Absolutely. Before I buy it? Absolutely. <laughs> try it before I buy it. Absolutely can. You absolutely can. We offer a free trial. You do? Yes, we do. We offer a one-week trial program for adults and children, and we feel that after about a week, you should be basically ready to decide if you like it or not. Mm -hmm. So it's it's something that we don't just throw it upon you. We we give you the opportunity to investigate it and figure it out if, if that's what you want. Okay. Norma Bignall, Underground Martial Arts and Fitness over in uh, Buford. Yes, sir, Buford. Buford's right, Don Johnson. Buford's Actually, jumping. it is. It is developing. There, that's really, uh, they've done a lot. They have done a lot. They have done a lot downtown where I'm located. Uh -huh. They are totally revamping the whole area and it looks really nice yeah you're Historic in a high, high growth area i am i am finally it's, it's beginning to to pick up and we have a, have a lot of businesses coming into that area excellent. now excellent great well people need to know about you uh, so what you know what is kenpro exactly kenpro karate kenpo is is Ken, is, is different from taekwondo in in terms of we don't really emphasize kicking like taekwondo does uh this is a very fast art in terms of uh it's designed for ideally overwhelming your opponent by striking him a ton of times think of it so as it's more with the hands it's it's everything oh, but it's, everything? it's more of the attack of this ten thousand stinging bees yeah. concept versus a big giant punch to the gut so i will slap don a lot of times don looks versus like a, he'd like he'd like to just a one shot that's it he's a big he doesn't guy. want to spend a lot of time with exactly. us. he's a busy guy he's a big guy so i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily have to punch him i would slap him <laughs> A lot. Oh, actually. you're you're just gonna annoy the hell out of him. I'm gonna. I actually. I'm gonna annoy him so I can run. Slap me a lot. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm absolutely. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start something here. See how he does. No, please don't. Okay. Please don't. The, well, the whole the whole. we talking about three guys from the same area of the country. I mean, we all. You, you got to tell the story. Yeah. No, we all grew up in the same area. So yeah. I said, right. where are you from, and, Don? You know, and he's he's saying, hey, I'm from. You know, I grew up in New York, and then I uh, lived in uh, what Binghamton. Near and Binghamton. All that. Yeah. I grew up in Elmira. New York, 50, 40, 50 miles from there. We yeah. played the same high schools. I grew up that. in Syracuse. And you so grew up in Syracuse, which is right just north of us. And yep. uh, uh, Ernie Davis went to my high school. He's the first yeah, black Heisman right. Trophy winner. Right, right. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's... It uh, is amazing. It's, 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 it is. really is. all here right now. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a small world. Uh, yeah. In yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, we should have... Duluth. We should celebrate. <laughs> Don. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the whole thing... Arm wrestling contest or something, huh? 
No, I don't no, want to do that no, either. All right. I'm literally afraid of Norman over no, here. No, 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 so no, no, no. It's, it's not like Norman that at all. Norman looks pretty fast. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not quick. like that at all. It's not like that at all. All right. I just try to make you guys more prepared for the world that we're living in. That's all. There's no uh, fear. There's right. no fear for me. Well, so. that's a good thing. That's a great cause. Uh, Norman. Sir. You're, you're very involved. You're very passionate. I can tell just by your voice. If you'd sent me emails about all this stuff, I would have did it. That got the same impression of you. Yeah, most people don't. Emailing doesn't work for me. Right. Yeah. I, I my whole my whole point is trying to develop relationships with my clients. Yeah. That's what makes us different as well. That's We're right. more involved with the people in terms of b d building relationships. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's, you draw impressions and, you know, you, you know, you, you think you know what somebody does and who they are and you go, oh, martial arts, there's another one of those guys, you know, but no. Mm -mm. Well, with you? me, I'm not Asian. No, I get it. I mean, I don't look Asian. I'm no, not. Don't. I, I don't. I'm not Asian. Well, you and could a lot, with a, a little makeup. I could a little bit. But a lot of people, when they come to me, they go, you're not Asian. I'm going to go, no. No, no I'm, I'm really not. I'm a black guy. Mm -hmm. So I doing, doing martial arts is something that is unusual in this area for people like me. Oh, okay. So that's why you're I'm, unique. I'm unique. I'm unique. That's what we want to be. We want to be <laughs> memorable. We want to be unique. I, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Talking about uh, underground martial arts and fitness in Buford uh, here on Silver Lining in the Cloud. And uh, okay, we've got a passionate guy here. Uh, you know, what's the best part of your business, Norman? What, what you know, are there, you know, are you, are you dealing with challenges in business? Oh, you, every day. Yeah, every day. Every day. What's Don, the best part of it? Don mentioned that he made a lot of a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. as he progressed in business. Mm -hmm. I I'm the master of that one. What What's my best part of my business? I think is dealing with my clients. Great. Developing relationships with my clients, mm -hmm. seeing them develop over over time. Mm -hmm. um, also, what just to touch on what Don had said, also about his leadership style. I think that's something that I personally follow. That same code, that same well, edict. He was on the money. Yeah, I, I'm not an email person. I'm not a social media guy. I'm terrible. I'm a dinosaur. I'm 47 years old. I I don't do that very well. I have one account that I can actively run. I much rather speak to you. I don't want, you know, my biggest challenge is dealing with children that are glued to this I this iPad every day. Their parents bring them to me and I cannot get them off the thing. That is my biggest challenge. Television, iPads, the digital media, the, the world we live in now is techno savvy. Mm -hmm. But those kids have absolutely no idea how to ride a bicycle, how, how to do, how to interact socially. Mm -hmm. So what I like the most is breaking them away from their technological enslavement. <sighs> and getting them back to there the way we had it when we were kids. Yeah. You know, when I could go outside for hours at a time and play, their attention span is a nanoseconds worth of time. Yeah. You know, so I have to be this this constant entertainment for them all the time mm -hmm. just to break them into that habit of socializing with real people. Excellent. So Excellent. that's my biggest love so far. Well, it's, uh, so, so it's just a lot of value add. I'm, I'm sure a lot of parents get involved in it just by virtue of uh, their kids, you know, seeing what their kids are. No, no. Right? Actually, that's not even true. Oh, really? Mo most parents are on their tablets while their kids are training. <laughs> 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 I know, right? Yeah. So most well, parents pe are... Pe people that should be in class, right? <laughs> well, it, it, there is there is some spillover i mean some parents do take the classes as okay. a result of what the kids have developed and learned from yeah, it yeah. but for the most part it's a time sink for parents they drop off their kid they're on their tablets and they're done with it okay so all right well this is great information uh you know when you think of martial arts you think not only physical but mental right so is there a mental preparation there as well that, that, Absol absolutely that's worthy of uh, discussing absolutely i mean i didn't start out being a martial arts person guy i mean mm -hmm. i went to college to be an attorney um, I wanted to be, after not becoming an attorney, I went into the ministry to become a minister. 
And that's kind of what I do now, so to speak. I mean, I, I minister to my children, to my adults. I'm more of a sensei than a coach. So a lot of people say, you know, coach, I'm, I'm really not a coach. Mm-hmm. I'm more of I'm more of the uh, the David Carradine person mm-hmm. <laughs> from back in the from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, other kids wanted to be astronauts. I wanted to be uh, a karate master mm-hmm. when I was a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this whole attitude. Uh, he mentioned the word culture, which is something that I want to bring back. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. culture in lots of things. In martial arts, we kind of turn our children into these living vicariously through them type people. Um, I want to bring back the culture of martial arts, where mm-hmm. it's about peace. It's still being prepared for war. Mm-hmm. The best prepared people for war, the people are the most peaceful. So I kind of want to bring that back. Peace at all costs, but still self-defense and, and self-preservation at all costs as well. Bringing back that culture of respect and discipline. Our kids don't have that anymore. Now it's an MMA culture where you go and you beat people up. It really wasn't about that in the beginning. Okay. So the mental preparation for me was trans- transitioning from a, a law type of mentality into a leader of men mm-hmm. type of mentality where mm-hmm. I'm now using all my managerial skills that I learned in, in 30 years plus of, of retail management into cultivating a culture and atmosphere of, re- of respect and peace, mm-hmm. but yet defending what we hold dear, our American culture. Don, this guy would make a great employee. Would you? <laughs> I, mean, I want to work for him. What are you talking about? Employee? I'm motivated uh, here. I want to go chop some boards in half. <laughs> Breaks and bricks. Yeah. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> I don't have any problems with bricks and boards. They've never hurt me, so. All right, Norman Bignall yes, here on uh, Silver Lining in the Cloud. So, Norman, where do you see your business, uh, your industry, or indoor your business uh, headed in the future? I definitely see us growing more and more. Um, this is my first full year, full time in in the business. I was part time for for several years, uh, working my my in my retail job, and then this job coming in as a, as a full time manager and overseer of the business. I see us growing leaps and bounds in the next two years. That is not a hope. That is just good structured business. So um, you're ready for it. I am. I'm. I'm ready for it. There's a lot of challenges. Wow. But um, Pre- I have. A, I have a decent team. Preparation. Preparation. Luck. Lots of luck too. <laughs> a lot well, of luck too. Well, sometimes so, that does that does come into play, but it can only last so long. That luck. You know, they'll tell you that in any casino. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Norman. Uh, anything else you'd like to share with us, uh, other than how people can reach out to you and get involved and get that uh, maybe free assessment? Come in and look around. And- Absolutely. Uh, you can reach me on Facebook at Underground Martial Arts and Fitness, which is like I said before, I'm not social savvy when it comes to 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 technical stuff, but you can reach me there. Uh, we have a website, www.ukamartialarts.com. And uh, snail mail works just, just, as, just as fine for me, too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just, just, just knock on your yeah, your, just knock on my just door. Just knock on your business door and walk in. Absolutely. That's great. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are going to do that, and I wish you a lot of luck. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business leaders uh, in Atlanta and around the surrounding communities. And uh, we want to thank our guest today, Don Nicholson. Um, and uh, he's for the uh, CEO and uh, president of DECRA North America and uh, Norman Bignall. He's the owner of uh, Underground Martial Arts and Fitness in Buford. Uh, we appreciate you guys for taking the time to come in and visit with us and to con- you know for all you do to contribute to our, our local economy as well. I'm Don Rainey on behalf of CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to maximize their IT investment and uh, their interest in uh, taking their company into the cloud. As a reminder, listen to this show, to uh, uh, this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcast. Go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions and outsourced end-to-end IT, CDI Managed Services is your 
silver lining in a cloud.